welcome to the Better Spearfishing Podcast, where we talk all things spearfishing. If you want to improve your spearfishing and hear some wild stories, you've come to the right place. Maybe you Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Better Spearfishing Podcast. Thanks for joining me. So today we have something, uh, well, a little bit unexpected for me. I am here with Mika and Antoine, and they have sprung an interview on me, and I have no idea what the questions are. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, bolt yourselves <laughs> in. <laughs> there you go, Mika. Now, I reckon it'd be pretty interesting because... Everyone listening to your podcast, but they're probably all wondering about you, Seth, Nick. So how long have you been diving for? Oh, geez. Uh, well, I started when I was probably six or seven years old with my dad, and I'm 42 now. So, yeah, whatever that is. But I would say really passionately since I was probably about 16. Well, what is your favorite type of diving? Okay, that's easy. Um I love looking for really wary reef fish. So in Australia, pink snapper. Here um, in the tropics, things like long-nose emperor or, you know, mangrove jack when you get them. The, the harder the fish, the better. I just like the challenge. Okay. And so. what is your best diving memory? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> there's so many. Um, there's going to be some good memories from this trip. Um any best fish, you, the proudest fish you shot? Well, could it be the Dentex? Could it be a big doggy? Oh, could it be the biggest uh, pinky? Well, it's funny. I, I actually remember a lot of these dives. I remember a lot of the good pinkies that I caught. Uh, even in New Zealand, I remember that. Um, yeah, I think the best was like 13 and a half kilos. It was huge. Um I'll never forget the long nose emperor that I lost here. <laughs> That'll always be in my mind. Um, yeah, the one Dentex I caught was very memorable. How big was it? Oh, it was only about five, five kilos, yeah, I think. Still, still a really good one. Still a pretty good fish. Yeah, that's a while ago. But so um, you, you mentioned you enjoy like targeting reef species. What? How do you approach the fish? How do you hide? How do you face regarding the current and lie on the bottom? Like, do you face the current or do you look back at the current when lying on there? That's a good question. Um, I Like somewhere like here where there's a, a big wall of reef, um, I guess I'll be looking across the current. So the current's going along the wall and I want to be looking out to the current. Um, and I'm generally because I'm looking for reef fish, I'll be looking in the sort of along the bottom and then looking straight out into the blue water for game fish. But yeah, I guess I'm looking the sort of reef fish that I like, you know, jobbies and stuff. They'll often come in a few meters above the bottom. Um, I think the for me, the main thing is being able to get into a good hiding spot quietly and without a lot of commotion. Um, look, commotion's fine if you want to catch fish that are, you know, like like dog tooth or something that's attracted by commotion to valley, and you know they're not hard to shoot. They'll come in, but the wary things, if there's if they even know you're there, you've lost. Yep. Have so you, you noticed like what I found is like when you're targeting good reef fish, you want to hide behind a rock if you can, and as the fish comes to you, 
you hide more and more and they're gonna be even more interested and come closer that works pretty good on jobfish and mew and those kind of species pink snapper as well. yeah yeah all yeah. those hard fish actually that's a great a great i think thing that we all discovered um I think we shared that amongst ourselves. Um, it, you're basically using reverse psychology on the fish. So if there's a big leaf fish, but it's wary, but, you know, it's a predator and it you've got into position. It hasn't seen you, but it's heard some commotion. It's coming to investigate. And then it sees the top of your head and then you quickly pull down, you know, under the rock like you're frightened of it. You act as if you're afraid of the fish and you're trying to hide from it like you're scared it's going to get you. Then the fish thinks, oh, I'm, you know, I can't see the whole person. I, I must be the big thing. It's something I can eat. And then it comes closer. So you, you actually reverse psychologizing the fish. Yeah, I agree on that one. And I, I find like it's a, your shin uh, movement. If you keep your shin up, the fish tend to be a bit more scared about you, sir. No, the shin, uh, chin. Uh, yep. And if you put, put your, if you yeah, add up and if you keep your shin stuck in, you feel like uh, the fish will come way easier to you. They'll be more mm. attracted. You don't seem to be as scary as we should give it a try, guys, for yourself. But I find it it's magic for me. If every time yeah. I keep my chin in, all the fish came right to me. Yeah, and you want to so, move as slowly as you can with your head. Just look slowly and not do big head movements. Yeah, that's pretty important too. So, so just yeah. Just reiterating for everybody, so that's your head basically facing down, yeah. and then you're, you're actually looking with your eyes kind of through the top of your mask. So your mask is actually facing down in a way, and you're just looking you know, through the top little bit. Yeah, yeah really good technique. You can even hide your eyes be behind your hand or behind yep. some seaweeds or anything that can hide mm. your eyes because, yeah, some like wary reef fish react a lot to your eyes. They get... Yep. Afraid by it. Yep. Even the like for example the wow, they would come close to you as as soon as you do eye contact with them, they will go away. Yeah, so you no. you really want to do not make that eye contact before you are close enough or ready for it. If you just watch somewhere else, I think the macro is it's exactly the same. You try to look somewhere else and when you close enough, then you, you can give that eye contact. They will watch you, you got three seconds to shoot, and after that they will go away. Yeah, you keep swimming towards the fish for game fish, but without looking at it. Without eye contact. Eye yeah. contact. Eye contact is uh, the end of the the meeting, the encounter, basically. As soon as you do eye contact, you got yeah, one, two, three seconds, and then they're off. Isn't that, sorry, just as a quick aside, isn't that amazing? You know, I guess we've all experienced that where you walk into a room and there's lots of people. And suddenly you look, you feel something and you don't know what. And then you look up and you're looking exactly at someone who is looking at you. Yeah, I think we've all experienced yeah, that. Yeah, and, and we don't know how, we don't understand, we can't explain it, but we've all experienced it. I think it's the fish feel it even more because they're more in touch with yeah, nature. Yeah. All right. What is your deepest fish ever shot? <laughs> um, it was a trigger fish. An oceanic triggerfish, or oceanic, the big grey one in Israel, and yeah, it was close to forty, Ooh. so it was deep. Constant, constant that, or yeah, that was constant weight. Uh, yeah, it was a bit <coughs> less than forty, but it was sort of that close to there. Impressive, very deep. But the water was, I think, thirty-one degrees. I was just in a in a lycra suit. 
So it's a lot easier, as as I think you guys yeah. know. When it's warm, there's no sharks, there's no current. It's a lot easier to dive deeper. And yeah, I know you done your free diving instructor. I didn't do the instructors. I did the deep, the oh, deep okay. diver. So what was your free diving deepest? Well, they just do to forty. You okay. go to forty for that. And what so, is your longest dive ever? Oh jeez, actual spear dive probably. Yeah. I don't know, two forty-five, two fifty. So, like how that. do you prepare, like regarding the brace for such long dives? How do you brace before going down? Okay. Um, I, look, I guess I start preparing for the dive as soon as I surface from the dive before. As soon as I surface, um, look, this is a bit controversial, but it's something that Giacomo de Mola has, you know, shows, and and um, Daniel Mann. When you interviewed him on YouTube, you can see him. He leaves his snorkel in, and then as he's about to hit the surface, he exhales, and that clears his snorkel. It's literally a foot under the surface, and and that way, as you hit the surface, you, you know, if you pass out, you you're still going to keep leaving. Um, so I do that on deeper dives. If it's if it's a dive where I need to be very quiet, I take my snorkel out entirely. But that's when I start preparing for the next dive. As I hit the surface that time, there's the first one or two deep breaths. First breath is sort of just quickly exhale and get in fresh air, and then one or two deep breaths. And then it's just slow, deep breathing into the stomach the whole time you are swimming around. So I think today we we had sort of five to six minutes between dives because, you know, we were taking turns. Um, So there was one person boating and, and... you know, two of us diving in pairs in the water. So it's about five or six minutes that you can just deep breathe. Then when you're about a minute to a minute and minute before, I'll do just deeper breaths, just slow, deep breaths. But I don't, you don't want to hyperventilate, but just slow and deep. And then um, when I actually do the dive, I'll just, you know, for probably 30 seconds or a minute, I'll just make sure all my muscles are relaxed, very relaxed, very calm. I'm feeling good. The line is not tangled. Um I see where I want to go. Make sure I'm right above it. Uh, if there's current, you want to be ahead of it. And yeah, then you do your dive. Oh, and I'd say the other thing that I do for deep dives is the first 10 meters, I actually do quite big, powerful kicks because I want to. There's a lot of resistance from your buoyancy at that depth. So you want to get past that first sort of 10, 15 meters. And then your weight should be such that you just flee fall. Okay. Thank you for that, Sherry. Um, Another question related to your kicking style, because with Antoine, we've always been wounded because when we first started diving with you, that was one of the, st- the stuff that shocked me, because when you dive down, you barely kick and you're already free-falling, but uh, as soon as you reach 10 meters, you're free-falling, you're so slow and perfectly well, and after a long dive, we see you coming up from the depth, kicking pretty quick. We're like, oh, is it it's short like on her? It's, it's like it's, a lot of small kicks. It's almost like feel like you are, yeah, you are in a rush to get some air quickly. And then we see you surfacing and you're pretty <laughs> perfectly fine, which it's, it's a different way of doing. We never seen that before. And we were wondering why do you kick this way? Mm. Why do you, at the end of your long dive, you use, you, you small do a, movements, like you it's do a lot a big, of small movements, but it seems mm. really efficient. It's coming up really. Oh yeah, it's definitely really quickly, efficient. Like. Is a weapon, but just uh, if you can explain us why you're doing sure. this way. Sure. Um, so what over here? I'm using a long 
bladed set of carbon fins. So they penetrate the fins. Um, I, I forget the exact blade length. What what is the long blades? The A20. A20. Yeah. A20. Is that the same length? It's about the same length as yours. Yeah, yeah. so it's A20. Yeah. yeah, so so they're long um, carbon blades. Now, they what they talk about with this in free diving is they call it a double parabolic in the blade. So if you're using a short fin, you get one bend in the blade. And like on a plastic <coughs> fin, it just you just get one bend. With a long carbon fin, you actually get two bends in the blade. So it bends on the kick. And then if you do the kick backwards the other way, you get the second bend in the fin on the same, you know, you're forward and backward and you you get like a wave down your fin. And so what I do is just to, to keep hydrodynamics so you can move easier in the water, I don't move my legs a lot forward and backward. Because with these carbon fins, you don't have to. It's more efficient, in my opinion, to do smaller kicks uh, slightly more rapidly. They, you almost get into like a harmonic of the fin. Like what is the fin's f- frequency of snapping, snapping back, flicking? And you almost get into that frequency where you can get two bends in your blade. Um, and so you're basically getting like double thrust and you're, you're keeping hydrodynamic. But if I was using my fiberglass fins or plastic fins, I would have to do it differently. I could not fin like that. I would have to do big, slow kicks like, you know, like you see most flea divers doing. But with the good carbon fins, I, I, I don't know. This is, again, this is my personal opinion. Uh, I've just found that it works for me. Oh, not cool. Thank you for sharing. Um, we were wondering, are you not getting bored of spearfishing because you've done basically, <laughs> you tick all the case, you shot most of the spaces, uh, tr- any trophy, you already shot them all. And we were wondering, how do you keep uh, being interesting in spearfishing? Or finding new objectives. Finding new yeah. objective. New oh, target. A, new target. A, or how do you keep diving. It's a good question. It's a good question. You know what? About three years ago, I did... So in in Western Australia, the standard diving you do, it does get a bit boring. And I was getting a little bit bored of it. And then, um, I don't know, what to me is now exciting is going and looking for unusual things that most people will never catch. That to me is is more exciting than anything. Like, okay, big pink snapper, it's always exciting for me because they're so difficult trying to catch the fish that are so difficult that you almost never see them. If you see them, you get one chance. If you're lucky, if you do everything like like maybe you get a chance. To me, that's really exciting. Um, and, of course, traveling. You know, I, I love traveling and, you know, coming and visiting you guys here. It's wonderful. You know, and then you – it's sort of an adventure, not just diving. You, you know, we caught these fish and we each cooked different styles of fish and – you know, we got to share recipes. We explored the island. We went hiking. Um, you know, went swimming in some some little um, you know springs. It's been wonderful. So it's the whole adventure, really. Yeah, and, and the variation. And thanks again for coming to visit us. Yeah, hopefully we see you back soon and you come living here. <laughs> <laughs> What would be your worst experience ever, diving related, lost at sea? Blackout, someone, I don't know. Oh, I've had a couple. Um, had a couple. I've, I dive, well, maybe some of the most unpleasant diving I've had was in South Africa last year. Um, 
even earlier than that, I had one dive where we went out 20 k's out to see the water was brown. There's great white sharks. There's seals jumping everywhere. It's like 20 meters deep, you know, and dive dove down to, I think, 18 meters with an 80 centimeter gun and hit the bottom with the gun uh, because I couldn't see the bottom. Um, and then turned and, and looked up and you could just occasionally see a little fish silhouetted above you. It was horrible. Um, then diving, you know, mostly bad viz, but, but also just rough conditions. I've, I've had some where I try to come out some shore dives and I've mistimed it quite badly, uh, which I, I think that's probably another skill, which we'll have to talk about on another podcast. Um, I think you, you're both experts on this. Um, yeah, coming out. Uh, and then when you mistime it and you get smashed up on the rocks and it's it's all going very badly. And um, if you panic, it could really end very badly for you. So yeah. a few of those. Um, one year, well, Samba from a very deep dive, which um, was probably 15 years ago and I've never pushed it since then. So Never bought a nightmare story? Hey, no, thankfully not. Um, I do know... Look, I've, you know, of course, I've lost a few friends, unfortunately, through diving. And it's never the things you expect. Um, I lost one friend in, in Durban, um, diving the shallowest bit of reef just in front of the bay. It's, it's literally in front of a beach where there were, you know, people in bikinis and, and swimming about a hundred meters off the beach. And it was six meters deep. And this guy dived, dove. He shot a little fish. The spear got stuck and his shooting line got wrapped around his foot. It, the day was absolutely flat, not a breath of wind. It was like glass. It was the easiest place, and the guy drowned with his, uh, you know, six inches from the surface. Well, so yeah, I've, you know, and was he diving was by himself? No, he was on the boat, and they got on the boat, and then where's he, where is he? And um, yeah, not not good. But anyway, thankfully, not too many of those. Yeah. So. You, we, before we were talking together and you were saying you keep finding new spots, like how do you find them? You scan a lot? Do you study the charts? Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, um, depends if you're traveling. Yeah, look at the charts. You try and look at online forums, see what's available. The main thing also is seeing where people are. You just want to be away from big population centers as much as possible. You know, if you're diving off a huge city, it's really hard. Where, you know, a big city where everyone's got a boat is hard. Um, if you're diving somewhere where there's, it's not that, or it's far from that, that's better. And, um, yeah, anywhere with a lot of bottom contours is great for reef. So, yeah, that's what I look for. No right. And, and um, I think the thing Mika reminded me about is current. Find where the current is. Mm. That's a, also a good thing. Yep. So what is next, Nick? What is your oh, next God. move in spearfishing <laughs> competition? You want yeah. to be part of that national team and well, show I've... the world how it's done? Oh, geez, so, yeah, <laughs> let's not talk it up just yet. I'm not even in, in yet. So <laughs> um, I would love to, to dive more competitively. Just be, you know, I think it's another level to sort of, yeah, a, another thing to get into. Um, and, I, and I think I am quite competitive. So, uh, yeah, I, I would like to try that. Or get more into it and i don't know just keep exploring and having adventures oh, that's good thank, thanks thanks well <laughs> no 50 kg roll. okay well well everyone's arrived so i think let's uh, let's leave it at that okay thanks so much everybody cheers yeah. thanks for the interview guys yeah thank you thank you